Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. Welcome back to another episode of Mouse and Joystick. Today is currently New Year's Day, the very first of January 2018. I'm your host, Kyle Davis, and of course, accompanying me are my two co-hosts, Michael and Noah, as always. Uh, Michael, welcome back, and I hope you have been having a good holiday. I hope everything's been going good for you so far. Um, Nice to see you here again. Yeah, it's nice to be here, and... I have had a pretty good holiday so far. Being on break is nice. Um, everything's been pretty chill, though. Lots and lots of video games. So. Tis the season to be jolly, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and Noah, welcome back again, of course. And I uh, hope your holidays have been going very well for you as well. Been going pretty well. Thank you. Excellent. Um, yeah, so we have <laughs> finally made it through what I'd consider a very crazy year for games. Uh, 2017 easily has surpassed a lot of expectations and going to probably go down in history as one of the best years overall, just in terms of new releases. Uh, so we are here to celebrate that year by kind of just going through and kind of doing a bit of a recap and talking about what some of our favorite games that we played this year have been. And I thought probably one of the best ways to do that would be to go through certain categories and just talk about certain aspects of games and what makes them great. Um, so in this Game of the Year episode, if you want to call it that. We're going to be talking about various aspects, including games that we think exemplify great music and sound design, graphic and art design, story and writing, multiplayer. We also talk about some of the best new intellectual properties, some of the best revitalizations of various series, perhaps some of the most improved games from previous years, and of course, we'll talk about our biggest disappointments of the year before we finally finish off this episode, talking about what our just overall like favorite games of this year have been that we played. Uh, so let's go ahead and we'll just let's jump into the discussion. I'm going to start off with what our first category here is, and that's just best music and sound design that we witnessed this year. And um, for me personally, I think my favorite piece of any music or any sound that I was able to hear this year came from super mario odyssey i find the like the main theme of that the uh i think it's i think it's titled jump up superstar or something like that that song is just pure joy and bliss in audio form and every time i hear it i just want to jump up and just, just go off to the mushroom kingdom on a big adventure and whatnot uh Never thought I'd actually say something like that about a Mario song, but it it really, really got me pumped to play that game, and it has not disappointed. Every time I hear it in the game, I just get super stoked and want to keep on going. Uh, but how about you guys? <laughs> what are what are some examples of, of of a soundtrack or just some like really interesting sound design that really grabbed you this year? Um, <clears throat> I would probably say Breath of the Wild had some of the best music uh, from this year, and I don't know. I mean, Zelda always has amazing uh, 
music in it and it definitely this one definitely lived up to all the rest of the games and with like the stunning everything else in the game the music just went with it and i would definitely say that's one of the best of this year easily even though i wouldn't say breath of the wild is necessarily my favorite zelda soundtrack i found the way they were really able to express uh, express the the idea of being in nature through the sound was fantastic like i could put on that soundtrack and just like go for through for a walk in the woods or something and it would fit perfectly yeah yeah really really good there um and i think i think another really fantastic soundtrack that we got this year actually came from cuphead we haven't really talked about it too much on the show because uh we haven't really had a chance to really dig, dig our teeth into it and get through the game, but uh, easily whenever you see anyone else playing it or you, you see some like promotional trailer or something for it, the music is so faithful to like the 1930s aesthetic that they're trying to go for with like the jazz and all that. that I thought that was uh, just something that was really really great. Um, yeah, now, I know I know you're you're pretty big band. Yeah, you're a pretty big fan of that. Uh, how how did the like the Cuphead soundtrack really do for you? Well, they did a really cool series uh, where they went behind and showed you how they created all the soundtracks, and they actually uh, found and commissioned a big swing band to do it for them. Mm. So, like they have some really really cool brass players come out and help them write the the music for it, and it was probably one of the best soundtracks i've heard in a while and said that there was like a a video series where they were doing that yeah they went behind the scenes and showed you how they made all the music for it It was pretty cool process i am currently in the process of writing myself a note to go check this out after the show (laughs) that that sounds like it'd be really entertaining to see yeah anything that captures like that big swing band from like the 40s is pretty awesome so definitely all right. Uh, any other examples of just like a great soundtrack or like really interesting use of uh, sound design inside of a game that you guys wanted to mention? Um, outside of 2017, I have a couple, but other than that, not really. Go for it. Let's hear it. Um, some of the best music I've heard lately in sound in games would be uh, Starbound and Rimworld, both uh very interesting games. I suggest checking them out i have amazing soundtracks and great songs in them so um in Rimworld specifically what kind of a music does it have i've I've seen gameplay but i don't really recall like what the music was like for it um it's like uh it's hard to describe the it doesn't always like fit exactly what's going on um because like most of the time you're like alone and just doing your own thing with your colony um but i don't know the music they just made it feel so much like livelier that the whole like colony by itself like it's just like working music basically like music you want to start like yeah getting work done and then i mean the fighting music is pretty good at um whenever you're getting invaded and then I don't know. It's hard to describe. I just recommend checking it out. Um, and then Starbound. Starbound just has amazing music, and like every, everyone I've heard that's played the game says that. 
So, I mean, just great, like, space-themed music. I've been meaning to check out Starbound for a while. I might have to do it <laughs> do it eventually. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, move on to another very visually... Well, I kind of already give it away. Another very artistic part of uh, some of the games, and that's the art design. Uh, I mean, this can kind of go either way. So, you know, there, there's also... There's obviously, like, the graphical fidelity of a game you know like how just like compact or polygons it is that's that's important but i think almost equally or potentially even more important than that is the actual style of how a game looks um i, I feel that there are certainly some art styles that are timeless just in the way they are presented and when i was thinking of a good example of a, an art style this year the first thing that came to mind and I, I don't know if this is ever actually going to be topped but for me cuphead it's just gorgeous in the way that it presents its style with the 1930s animation. It is it's actually amazing that they were able to finish this and like get an actual working video game with that art style, all hand drawn and like animated in the classic way that cartoons like Steamboat Willie actually were back in the day. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, but uh, you know, like we have a couple of couple of games here that we kind of noted down just to talk about, and uh, some examples of other great art styles or graphic direction that we came up with included Horizon Zero Dawn, and a small title called Battle Chasers Night War. Uh, so, did uh, either one of you two have anything you wanted to add, uh, add on to those games, or including Cuphead, and anything that really stood up to you about those games? You can go ahead, Noah. <laughs> Well, I mean, Cuphead, you kind of said most of it. It's just been an impressive process all the way through. Um, if I can throw maybe a controversial one in. Do it. Um, I know this game sucked in general, but Star Wars Battlefront 2, though it did turn out to be an awful game, did look very good. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> I, yeah. I, that's probably one of the best aspects of that game is just in the way that Dice was able to utilize the uh, the Frostbite engine there just to make really really good looking Star Wars game that honestly is going to be really hard to top in the future. Like they're, the aesthetic kind of of uh, Battlefront Two, like just the beta it, alone, it, it's, it's so like so it faithful. Basically playing a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot to criticize of that game, but I definitely feel like both like the graphical style and even the sound design of for that are not things to be criticized. Right. Yeah. Um and I think with uh Horizon Zero Dawn, definitely one of the prettiest games I've ever played. Oh yeah. Um putting it up putting it up there with like Witcher 3 and those games. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about that. That game was made from the ground up to be a console exclusive, and yet it has just one of the best looking aesthetics I've ever seen. Like even uh, even compared to PC games in 4K, it's like oh my god, it's so pretty. Yeah, it, it surprised me a lot that like the I played that on PlayStation, and yeah, it's so much. It looks just as good, almost just as good as Witcher Three did on my computer, mm -hmm. and. I mean, with the whole, like, nature, everything, and then there's also the degrading landscape of an old civilization, and then there's the amazing giant robots that you have to face. Um, it was things, all just... They're just a marvel yeah. to look at. 
Yeah. Even if you're not like shooting at them, just like sit in there and watching them walk around and like interact with the environment is so awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Battle Chasers Night War, uh, its art design was just a lot different than um, games I've seen recently. More of a comic book style art. Um, not as hand-drawn as, uh, say, Cuphead, but still one that was uh, very aesthetically pleasing. And I, I don't know, I really like the look of this game. And it was a lot of fun to play, too. Right on. Uh, any other... Uh... Anything else that we want to mention for like cool art styles or just good graphics in general? Um, I mean Breath of the Wild, but <laughs> I, I mean yeah. it is pretty. It's a pretty game. I can't. I can't deny, even though it's on a Switch. It was pretty. Yep, thumbs up for me for that. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and get into some story or some like good examples of writing that we witnessed from uh, like a single player portion of a game this year um do you want to should we get into some spoilers for some of these titles it might it might help it might not i don't know if you want to if you want to spoil some of this stuff or not um yeah minimal spoilers minimal spoilers <laughs> all right that is that is yeah. your minimal spoiler warning for the following titles what remains of edith finch prey and Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, start with uh, probably one of my favorite games of this year, and that was What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, the thing about this game is you could look at it and write it off as just like a generic walking simulator, uh, but for me personally, I it really resonated with me with the the story they were presenting with this game, which is uh, you are you're a you're a young woman who goes back to her childhood home. And you're kind of just uh, recounting like some events that happened there over the course of the past couple decades, because uh, this has basically been like the home place for many members of your family, aunts, uncle, uncles, uh, brothers, sisters, grandparents, like generations of your family have lived here, and yet there there appears to be some sort of a family curse where they all meet some sort of some sort of death, some sort of ending that is both tragic and beautiful at the same time. Um, like for one example, like here, here's a mindless spoiler for like one short aspect of the game, which is when you go and you're like recounting the life of one of your uncles or something like that. Um, you find out that he had always wanted to be like an astronaut. He was always fascinated with flying and machines that could fly and stuff like that. And eventually he decided he was going to make his dream come true. So he was going to, do whatever he could to finally soar through the air. Uh, and eventually, unfortunately what happened was this, this young kid, like he was only like maybe 10 or something at the, at the time. Uh, he, he took to a swing set and put all his momentum into the swing to try to fly. And eventually he finally, he finally flew. Unfortunately it was over a cliff to his death, but he finally reached his dream and it's presented in a way that's not like really terrible where you're like, Oh my God, the kid f fell off the cliff. It's really beautiful. Cause like, this almost flashback sequence that you play through actually it's like you as a kid kind of like finally getting a momentum to fly off the swing set and you're like going up in the air through the clouds and all that. So like, it, it's really, really interesting how they present some of these scenarios and how you eventually kind of work your way through the entire family tree and find out all sorts of different new things about various members of your family through that game, which it's pretty short. It's maybe like two hours or so, but, uh, 
even if you don't want to play it, it's definitely actually worth just watching a playthrough of it since it's so short and you can still pretty much get the same messages from it. Uh, definitely recommend checking it out though. Uh, but for you, Michael, what was probably your favorite story that you saw from the game this year? Um, I would say Prey if I would have beat it because I bet that the twists and ending are amazing. I was, I know I was getting to some twists where I stopped at and I shouldn't have stopped, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say I'd have to go with horizon again, just because, uh, you go through a lot of growth and like, it's such an interesting story to tell because I mean, nothing has really been done in this type of world. So everything is new. All the story they are telling is new. Um, and the story about the tribe, the story about her just like going through and, um, killing these giant machines that not many people have ever done before. Um, going to towns that she has never been before that are in this world that, you know, is basically brand new. Um, I, I don't know, like, I know that it didn't take too many new leaps and bounds, not too many twists happened. It was basically, it wasn't too much of a generic, like, action thriller type thing of a game, but it, it was a little bit like that, but I thought there was enough differences to where the story was really good in that game. Right on, yeah. There's definitely a really big um, like mystery or like a big hook that they get you with at the beginning of the game. And I feel like they slowly reveal enough information at a very good pace to the rest of the story where you're, you're always interested. And there's always like a little bit of like a little bit of a nugget to to get at the end of the next mission or whatever. So like it, it's a really well paced story and you find all, all sorts of interesting things about what happened in the past and what, what led to this really unique, interesting world in that game. I thought that was definitely yeah. a really well done story for the for, for the most part. Yeah, especially learning about what caused the downfall of the world before you, basically. Yeah. Yeah, for for sure. Uh, and then, uh, like I mentioned before, Prey is definitely a really interesting story. Um, unfortunately, I can't really gush about it without having spoilers be on the table for it. So I'm not going to spoil like a big major part of the ending, which for me really did kind of change everything once you got there. Cause like once you experience the end and you're like, Oh, this entire game up to this point has not been what I thought it was. There, yeah, there was this I whole, <laughs> whole behind the scenes scene that you were not aware of until you get to that point. So like, as soon as that happened, I was like, Oh my God, I need to go like play through this game again right now. Like that's super interesting. Um, but like, I you know, figured it was like that, yeah. But yeah, like, uh, even you know, without, I'm not gonna go into the spoiler. That, that I'm just gonna leave it right there for that. But like, through actually for the actual portion of the game, like when you're just going through and you know you're, you're like in this wrecked ship and you're like, okay, there's all these survivors. And you so you start going through like logs and you start like finding out more about individual members of the ship that you don't really get to see face to face, but you just get to learn through audio logs and data files and all sorts of stuff you know it really starts to piece piece together like these images of like what being an employee on this ship was like and the kind of relationships that people were having and then that's something that really interests you that i think prey is definitely right up your alley it's, it's definitely like a good example of one of those like bioshocky or system shock kind of games where you 
a large portion of the story really is just kind of learning about the place that you're at and the people that inhabited it before, even though they're no longer there. Um, yeah. Super, super interesting game, and I was really glad to have gotten gotten to play through it earlier this year. Um, I think an honorable mention. I didn't play it. I watched a couple people play it, and I know you played it, Kyle. Uh, was uh, Wolfenstein. Oh yes, the story of that is definitely the best part, in my opinion. Uh, the gameplay was definitely a little lagging, but the story as as you go through this uh, this version of America that's been taken over by Nazis and. You, you try to like create resistance to like fight back against the Nazis. It, it's super interesting. There's a lot of moments in that game that could easily rank amongst like the top moments of any game. Um, overall, the story though, you know, great characters, great acting. Like it was, it was all very well done. And yeah, I think it's it's a very very strong honorable mention in in my opinion. Uh, I know you're not really into any single player games, Noah. So I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add onto that. But if not, we can uh, we can jump, go ahead and jump over to multiplayer games if if you'd like. No, really, the only narrative game I played was Destiny, and that was not a very in-depth story. <laughs> yeah, that's there's not really a whole lot to say about Destiny's story in a way. I mean, if you can even call it a story, it's more like a a series of events that you get dragged along to. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. So on the flip side, we have multiplayer titles of this year. Um, definitely quite a few that you could point to, but I think overall, one of the the biggest, in like biggest, uh, I don't know how I want to say this, like the biggest trend in multiplayer this year has been the rise of the battle royale genre. Um, the two biggest examples for that, in my opinion, have been Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and the still yet official, still not yet officially released Fortnite. It's still in like early access, but it's still you know very playable. You can go and download it for free on PC or X or PlayStation. So it's uh, it's definitely something that's available to you. Uh, I don't know if uh, you guys had any other multiplayer titles you wanted to mention, like anything that's co-op related or anything like that. Uh, I played Human Falls Flat. And that was kind of interesting because it, for the like 99% of the time, was a silent narrative. If you're familiar, I'm not familiar with yeah. the with the game, so I'd I definitely like to hear a bit more about it from you. Like, what what is it? What is it like? It's like a physics based puzzle game. If you, it's uh, so like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Gang Beast at all. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so take the physics of character moving and and arm movement mechanics, and then throw that into a like narrative-based puzzle game, where you're just dropped into a map, and then there's kind of like a point A to point B, but there's a kind of like a set linear way, but you can definitely exploit the physics and parts of the map to get there any way you want to. And, um, um, like the, these physics, you said there's, they're like kind of like puzzles, or are they um, not exactly? Yeah, so they are like puzzles, okay. A lot of it will be pressing a button or kind of like portal esque, where you have to get from A to B, and there's doors or gaps and places you have to get through. So you either have to build something, um, hit buttons to activate certain parts of the map, 
or find a way around obstacles. So like they'll have you at some points driving boats or dumping water into a basin to, so you can swim up to the top or uh, rerouting electricity with cables that you plug and unplug or breaking down structures, using catapults to fling yourself across places. This looks so really kind cool. Of cool. It's a, it was a cool game. It's short. It's probably like a 60 minute to 90 minute playthrough if you're pretty good at solving puzzles. But they they just announced or just added multiple people support so you can have like six people going. Oh, that must get pretty chaotic. At the same time. Because I just played through it with one other person and it was pretty fun. I actually really like how your uh, main character kind of looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, and you, they have <laughs> customization where you can actually like put your own face on it and stuff. But. That's, that's really awesome. I haven't heard of this until now. I might have to check that out later. Yeah, so like they, they kind of just throw you into a map and then there might be some like vague generic statement by an announcer and then you just progress through by trial and error kind of thing. All right, excellent. But it's, it's probably pretty solid. Solid title. It's only like ten or fifteen bucks. So, yeah. it, it's that's definitely really accessible then for for a low price like that. And it has local split screen. I feel like that's such a rarity nowadays. It makes it really sad that, that that's the case. All right. Um, Mike, Michael, is there any other multiplayer focus games that you wanted to mention? Um, not really. Um. I do know that, um, surprisingly enough, outside of uh, computer realm, so like console players and stuff, they don't really know much of anything about PUBG. Um, obviously, Xbox players don't even know anything about Fortnite, so they have missed all of the Battleground type. Well, uh, they do have uh, Battlegrounds now on Xbox, even though it doesn't run very well. Oh, yeah, the, that just released recently. Is it now? Yeah, well, I, I did. I talked to a couple people who only play on console. They had no idea what uh, PUBG was until, I guess, recently when it came out on Xbox. Um, uh, but other than that, multiplayer, um, I guess, Call of Duty? It was. I like this multiplayer better than the last couple ones, but I don't know if I'd say it's the best of anywhere. Uh, Destiny, I wouldn't really put up there the best either because I don't like, really like Destiny's multiplayer. Yeah, I found um, the, the PvP part of Destiny 2 to be a real drag. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like going back to the, the Fortnite thing, um, even though it's not near, it's not quite as big on PC as Battlegrounds is, Fortnite's been blowing up on PlayStation. Yeah. Like over on PlayStation, they're having the explosion that PUBG had on Steam when it first came out. It's getting, it's getting pretty wild over there. <laughs> well, they uh, it's free, so I bet that probably helps. It definitely helps. It's very accessible. I also heard you can play a light version of it without having to pay for PlayStation Plus, so there's that. That is oh, wow. That would be really nice if that is the case. So if, uh, if you're on PlayStation, you check it out. Up, you can just play solo, I believe. But, you know, like that, that's that's a good way of you skin your toes in the water and getting a little bit of taste of it, you know? Yeah. That's 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 really cool. I mean, yeah, that, that's really been like the big theme of 2017 is the the battle, the battle royale renaissance or whatnot. 
And I, I anticipate that going into 2018, like pretty much every game is going to have that now. Like I heard that uh, even, uh, what, is, what is that game? The uh, open world zombie game with the free running. We were just talking about it before the show. Um, Dying Light. Is that it? Oh. Yeah, Dying yeah. Light has a battle royale mode now. What? Really? Yep. It, of course it is. True I did not know that they were continuing to add things onto that game, but okay. Apparently it's going to be a, a free thing that you can access, so it's like almost like a side content that you can access for free. Huh. That's weird. But yeah, like, I would be kind of surprised if next year's Call of Duty does not have a Battle Royale mode in it. <laughs> that would be interesting. Or like, I... Would be kind of surprised if the next Battlefield doesn't have a Battle Royale mode in it now. Like, it just makes oh, so much yeah. sense. I could see that happening. Yeah, it, yeah, it's probably gonna unfortunately like go downhill, but anyway, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge oh. at another time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Call of Duty's used the same engine for what 10 years, so I don't think they could handle that. I think they've had the same engine since Call of Duty 2. Yeah. They've just been heavily modifying it ever since. Maybe it's time for a new one, guys. Never. That costs nope, money. Too much work. It's like they go over to EA, like, hey, can we borrow your Frostbite engine? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty please. Anyways, that's that's kind of been the whole multiplayer thing. Uh, I mean, like the staples, like Call of Duty, and you know, all they're still there. Uh, even though I wouldn't say it's a good game, I'm actually still having a pretty good time with Star Wars Battlefront 2's multiplayer. It's it's dumb and get frustrating, but most of the time I'm still having a pretty fun time with it, even though the loot box the loot box thing is very egregious and I'm very upset about it. I haven't bought into it though, so I'm resisting. <laughs> Didn't they remove good. a portion of it at launch? Uh you still can't you can't buy them with your real money, but they are still tied to progression, so like you still can't level up a class until you buy the boxes with in-game credits to get perks and stuff for them. Ooh. So like I just been sitting here like I got a level four salt that I can't level up because I'm not buying any of the loot boxes. <laughs> but oh well, it is what it is. So pretty fun to just kind of hop in with friends and try to try to suicide into some ATAT walkers. Uh, but yeah, moving moving on, let's uh, kind of talk about some of the best new IPs of this year, or just like brand new series, new intellectual properties, however you want to talk about it. Uh, some examples that we have have been PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, Horizon Zero Dawn, Neo, and if you want to get into some honorable mentions, I think even The Surge is a good example of some new series that we have gotten access to this year. Um, we've already kind of talked about PUBG a bit. Uh, it's kind of the big, biggest battle royale game going on right now. Um, I think it's going to continue strong. Going to be well updated for for a long, long time. I feel like. Um, I don't know what else we can really add on to <laughs> battlegrounds. Like a lot of people know what it is by now. I feel like. Um, but yeah, as far as like other new new franchises go, uh, one of the most surprising for me personally was Neo. This kind of just came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, it's like a cool. Japanese samurai themed Dark Souls game. Uh, but once you actually get into it, it's a little bit more than that. There's definitely a lot more depth to it. it you find out later on that's actually like a almost like a, a Souls like game mixed with Diablo with the way the loot is. 
Uh, so there's like a big looting component. There's there's kind of a cool story with it too. A lot of a lot of anime moments. Uh, but they like definitely really set up this really interesting world that I would love to see them continue to improve on. If like if there's ever a Neo two, I'll probably I'll probably be there like day one for that. It's, that would definitely hold my attention. Uh, but for you, Michael, uh, would I know you were pretty big fan of Horizon Zero Dawn? Would you say that was probably one of your favorite new intellectual properties of the year? Oh yeah, that's for sure. Um, I mean, I was I was totally ready for this game when they first announced it, and it held up to every standard and more when I when it came out. So definitely one of the best new IPs. Um, maybe there'll be a second one and continue this crazy story in this crazy world. That'd be awesome. Um, I feel like there's definitely a good I agree. That. Yeah, I agree with the Neo as a good new IP. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's always nice to have more Souls games around, especially since there's Dark Souls might be done forever. Um, You're not. And then uh, from Souls or from so, Software did tease their newest game at the Game Awards recently. It's coming. Okay, good. <laughs> And then, speaking of Souls-like games, um, even The Surge, which um, was like a Souls-type game, just, it's hard to say every fighting game is like a Souls-type game, but um, this one with the way the bosses are and everything like that is somewhat reminiscent of that. Um, it's more, it's a lot more futuristic. You are in like a mech suit and you add on parts and you add on weapons to your mech suit. And it's all pretty cool. Um, there's like a bunch of different um weapon styles that you can play with um which changes your movement and your damage and all that um it, it was a great uh it was a good start to a game i didn't play too far into it didn't finish it i know there's dlc now for out, out for it so mm-hmm. i throw a recommendation at it if uh anyone wants a new souls game that they haven't tried out i haven't gotten a chance to play it yet but just from the little bit I've heard about like the the world and the universe that they established, it definitely seems like there could be a lot more, uh, a lot more things to explore if they did eventually continue the series and make like a sequel or continue to add on to it with DLC. Yeah, it's a the world is really interesting and in the like futuristic uh, type, po- almost not really post apocalyptic, but like post like a lot of bad shit happened <laughs> type thing, um, and. Uh, Souls-wise, uh, it the difficulty's pretty great. The gameplay's not as smooth as Souls games. Um, so, like, I'd say it's it's up there with them, but it's definitely not as good as those. So, uh, did you ever play Lords of the Fallen? I have not yet. I do know it's like two dollars though, so I might yeah, I might would, play it eventually. That was from uh, the same. <laughs> development company that made uh the surge it's the same guys uh but that, oh, okay. that, that was kind of like what i was saying like they definitely set up a really interesting world in that uh the gameplay was a little lacking compared to like an actual dark souls game but like it was still pretty fun pretty respectable you like, can get through it without too much issue uh, so i think it's definitely like a similar thing on that and uh I, i'd almost feel like based on what i've heard the surge is like kind of the same formula but even more improved so I feel like they got kind of a good thing going right now over there, and I would definitely like to see them keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, I think it is probably more improved than um, uh, what the Fallen was. 
were there any other like new series that came about this year that we'd like to talk about? I mean, kind of hard to see like, you know, I guess technically you could say something like Cuphead is a new IP, but it's like, are they going to keep making Cupheads? Like, is there going to be a Cuphead 2? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but there, there's definitely a lot of non-sequel games that came out this year that I feel like were very high quality and definitely worth looking at. I know a lot of people, you know, they, they want to go for stuff that they know is for sure good. And if it's not a sequel, it might be a little bit of a gamble. But I feel like this, there was definitely a lot of really good ones to check out this year. Uh, and I then, think go ahead. We are kind of in the off year. I think because uh, they, the uh, like every time when E three rolls around, it gets like a larger and larger amount of time in between releases. So like for the last two E threes, we've had the same game. So it's kind of just been the same yeah. set of games we've been talking about for like the last two years. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, there's definitely. I think Sony specifically has been kind of bad in this regard, where they'll announce something like two or three years ahead of time, and then you're just kind of like sitting here waiting for any news of something to happen, like Last of Us Part like Two and Death Stranding. Slowing down enough to where IPs are kind of coming out a little bit slower. Yeah, for sure. It leaves a lot of room for uh, some smaller titles to kind of seep to the cracks and. Make a name for themselves. Like a lot of the, the indie programs, developer, bigger developers were setting up kind of just fell apart over the years. Like Microsoft tried to get into it. EA also tried to get into it, I think. Yeah. Uh, was Remember when the EA showed that one like indie game called Faye or something like that at E3 like two years yeah, yeah. ago? I heard that's actually like supposed little, to be coming out soon. <laughs> really? Like it was shown off so long ago that I'm kind of surprised I even remembered it. Yeah, like the stuff like that, you know, it's it's kind of annoying to see it happen, but event, you know, there, there's there's enough stuff going on where you, if you look at new release lists, you can usually find something interesting to to play at pretty much any time. So that for that, I'm pretty uh, pretty thankful for. Yeah. Um, all right, so there's like if there's no uh, other like news series that we want to talk about, let's go ahead and talk about some revitalization, the older series that we may have experienced. Uh, so for this category, what we consider like a revitalization is any sort of reboot to an old forgotten series or any sort of a sequel that comes along and perhaps brings new life into a, in a series that a lot of people used to like or may have fallen out of, lo- out of love with. Um, so I think some examples of a revitalization that we have would include Call of Duty, World War II, Prey, Resident Evil 7, and South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Um, <laughs> for me personally, I, I wanted to bring up Prey because that is what I consider like a reboot of the series, even though it wasn't originally supposed to be a Prey game. It was going to be something completely different. Uh, so they kind of just threw the Prey name on there, but it definitely brought like more attention to that name the the title prey and by extension even made people more aware of the original prey that came out like oh like eight or nine years ago or something like that it's been, it's been a long time since that game came out but um prey i feel like that was kind of like a household name that people can kind of look back to and like oh i remember the original prey and i remember that canceled sequel that was going to be the bounty hunter game now we have this new prey. You know, like it, it, it's more of a series now because of because of the reboot, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, yeah, 
And another one uh, that I wanted to bring up was Resident Evil 7. Uh, for that, it was like a really drastic change. Even though it's a, a numbered sequel, it kind of is a reboot to the series because you're not playing as any of the previous characters. It's an all-new character in an all-new location with all-new enemies. and But it still like retains the horror roots that the series was known for for the first three games. And it did a really good job it, for me as someone that's not a fan of the Resident Evil games, making me want to go back and check out some of the old Resident Evil games because of how interesting this new one was. Uh, so for that, big props, you know, like, even the, like the change in perspective from a third-person game to a first-person horror game, fantastic. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of horror in the slightest. Yeah, this, I mean, this one brings back like even stuff or like things from the first Resident Evil like uh, a lot of the crafting obviously has been a lot of the Resident Evil but this one just um, feels a lot like the first one and I think people are going to notice that and be like hey maybe I should go back and play the first one and the second one and all that um, yeah uh, standalone this game was amazing but definitely it re- revitalizes this amazing series of games. Resident Evil is not a laughing stock anymore like it had been in the past couple of years. Uh, yeah. They went away from the whole action fighting thing back to the horror and it was really good. Um, Call of Duty World War II. How, how, do we, how do we feel about that? Uh, they kind of moved away from the whole futuristic exoskeleton settings that they had for the past three games and now they're back to uh, boots on the ground, classic World War II styled Call of Duty. Uh, Do we feel that it really kind of like brought more interest to the series? Like, is Call of Duty just going to keep on being Call of Duty or do we feel like it's taken a good direct, could good change of direction of this new one? I think it was a solid Um, a solid uh, installment. I think it felt a lot cleaner than the older one, or than the more modern ones. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's gonna enforce too much change because Call of Duty goes back and forth so much. I mean, I hope it's a step in the right direction, but there's there's always the chance of them just going back to the stuff they normally do. So that's what I'm really afraid of. I heard uh, heard rumors that the next Call of Duty is supposed to be Black Ops Four. And I don't know if they would go back to like World War II or something with that, or if they would just keep doing the whole futuristic setting with that. Um, I hope it's good though. I'd love to, I'd love to see Call of Duty kind of keep being good because it's definitely a series I've really enjoyed in the past. But the past couple of years, it's just been such a drag. And this is the first year in a while where I've looked at it and been like, oh no, that that's actually kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. I kind of, I'd love to see more of that. Um, they should they should make a game where it's back like. It's, it's it's after World War Three and World War Four fought with like all melee weapons and stuff. <laughs> Call of Duty Caveman Warfare. Make, make it happen. <laughs> Call of Duty Primal. Yeah. <laughs> with robot dinosaurs. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Anyway, um, South Park. How is uh? How do you like? How do you like in the South Park Freshie Butthole, Michael? Uh, it was a really good game. Um, I I beat it relatively quickly. It's not too long of a game. It's longer than the old one, um, just by a little bit. And uh, 
I mean, this series is standalone in what this in compared to other games. So <laughs> I I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if it. I guess it's a revitalization of the series. We weren't necessarily sure if we were going to get a second one. Um, I'm really glad they did, though. It, yeah. I don't really find myself watching the the actual TV series too often, but I really, really enjoy the way they handle the, the video games for South Park nowadays. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance. I know there's a couple more, like big things that have happened in the show like their little like kid games that they play obviously that turn into real like things and fighting and killing people but i know there's been a couple more of those types of things in these in the show so there might they might do something else like instead of the uh they did superheroes this time last time they did like medieval stuff they might do i don't know there's there's a bunch of different things they could do i'd love to see them the do show. Like, a, like a star wars or star trek thing next time That'd be cool. I don't know if they've done that in the show, but it'd be cool. There's always time. Always time. <laughs> always. Um, any any other games we want to mention for like kind of uh, restoring faith in a series or any sort of reboot that we want to mention? Um, did no, that came out last year. <laughs> I don't know. Pokemon. <laughs> Sun and Moon were kind of like a re revitalization of the series in a way. Like big big focus on those games where they were gonna kinda go back and really try to make Pokemon feel like an adventure again. And we're gonna like refocus on the story aspects and like really kind of go through this new styled region. Like yeah, I think that's a pretty good example. I really enjoyed my time with both Sun and Moon and now the new uh Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon games even though the the latter the ultra sun ultra moon were more like they're kind of just like improved versions of sun and moon uh but if yeah. you if you did skip sun and moon i actually do highly recommend checking out ultra sun ultra moon they really went all, all out to kind of make these the, the the definitive 3ds versions of pokemon uh especially now that they're gonna be moving on to the switch like if you have a 3ds this, these are gonna be like the best pokemon games available on the system for probably the for the rest of its lifetime so there's there's that uh do we want to move on and talk about some of the most improved games from previous years that made made a bit of a comeback this year um for me i know this is gonna be kind of a controversial pick and I already kind of just <laughs> talked about Pokemon. I actually found that within the calendar year of 2017, Pokemon Go has made a really good, strong comeback. And I'm going to yeah. explain that. If you look at where it was at this time last year to where it is now, sure, it's it's still a game that has not quite fully reached its potential. It's still kind of lacking some, certain key features. But it's made very large strides towards becoming what it could potentially have been at the start. Um, so, like, just kind of looking at what we've gotten since last year. We've gotten two new generations of Pokemon, so now we're up to over 300 available in the game. Uh, they redid the entire gym system, which, obviously, the new system still has its issues, but it's more accessible. It's definitely a little more... Uh, welcoming for newer lower level players so that's that's kind of nice uh they introduced the new rating system which is a way for 
actual cooperative play to take place inside the game because before it was just like oh we're gonna get a big peck of people together we're just gonna walk around and find pokemon you don't have yeah. to have a group of people to do that you can just do it for the sake of being in the group but now there's actually a reason to get a group of people together to play and it's actually been like really interesting to see that because never before have I actually been part of like a raiding group in any MMO. And this is the first time I've ever done it, but it's like a in real life MMO raid group, which is, it's really weird. And it's so funny whenever you like get a group of people together and you're like, like standing on the street or the sidewalk, I should say you're like on the sidewalk. You see people driving by in cars and there's like looking at you really weird. <laughs> like, yeah. What are a group of different people of different ages and cultures doing here it's it's really bizarre <laughs> is there a protest like it's, it's kind of funny to see that but in addition to you know we got an introduction of all the legendary pokemon for the for the first three generations uh so it's nice to see those in here at long last and obviously for me personally the biggest change we got is actually the newest one which came about a month ago and that there's actually a dynamic weather system that's been added to the game now where uh, depending on the actual weather of your geographic location, it actually changes the way hmm. the in-game world looks. And it also has an effect of changing what spawns near you. Certain Pokemon are going to be more That's... common to different weather now. So, like, if it's raining, you have an increased chance of water and electric Pokemon. If it's sunny, there's going to be a higher chance of fire and grass Pokemon. Like, there's all sorts of different weather variants that affect different kind of spawns. So now pretty much every day I play there's almost something there's always something different near me because of the weather and it's never just the same things over and over again because like like it used to be for the past year and a half that's cool yeah uh and another thing that came with the weather system which this is kind of a great um it's what I consider as a like a, like a catch-up tool and that uh any weather affected pokemon that you catch it naturally has a higher chance of being like a a good a well-bred Pokemon, I guess you could say, like a one of good hidden stats. So, like, it's naturally going to be stronger than others, and it's naturally going to be a higher level because now you can catch weather-affected spawns five levels higher than they normally would be. So, lower-level players can go and catch higher-level Pokemon far more easily, and like immediately get caught up with some of the players that have been playing since the game first came out. Uh, so, like overall, it's just been a fantastic system that's been good for. High level players, good for low level players, good for people that are in highly populated areas, good for players in rural areas. Like it's just been an overall across the board improvement for for everybody, which I've been pretty pretty happy to see happen. Yeah. Uh but granted, you no, know, like the game is still missing PvP, it's still missing trading. Uh the gym system could still use a lot of improvements. The actual combat system could use some improvements still. Like they're slowly getting these improvements to the game, but like just, you know, looking at it over a course of the past year, I, I actually really am happy where Pokemon go has been going. And I know a lot of people have just completely dropped it and are saying stuff like, Oh, people still play that dead game. Why not? But no, there's still like dozens and dozens of people in my local area that play. Like I still see people pretty regularly playing it. So it's, it's pretty cool to see that. Uh, but how about for you, Michael, what is, uh, what for you? What is a game that has really, do you think, improved greatly within this past year that you want to talk about? Um, I would probably say PUBG has improved a lot since it first showed its face. Um, mm. 
I mean, even when it first showed its face, it was the best like um, battle royale game that anyone had ever come out with, and it's responded well to what people wanted. Um, they have fixed a lot of issues that like um, a lot of people complained about and got. Um, they've been slowly uh, been doing a lot of quality of life updates um, and even with the new map it's like everything feels a lot cleaner and I think just over this year has turned into a lot better of a game than it started out um, I mean most of the time when you're looking at most improved games you're going over like a couple years because I mean these games take years to develop so right. I don't know this game has definitely been one of the most improved of the year so that's my pick well said uh noah do you have uh, any other titles that you want to add to like a, a good list of improved games that we can talk about <laughs> or have we kind of already summarized everything uh, <laughs> i mean you guys kind of get a pretty broad stroke there yeah like i mean i don't want to like put a lot of games down but i feel like there's not been a whole lot of games i've been able to go back to and just been like oh man this is so much better than it was last time i played it <laughs> I mean, I, no, I guess I, I guess Rainbow Six Siege has still been going pretty strong. Like uh, they just released three new operators. Uh, they finished their Operation Health uh, thing, where they were just gonna like focus on server stability and whatnot. Uh, I don't know how that actually turned out. Although we d we tried playing it again like last night, I think, and it seemed like it was still running fine. It was, it was still a pretty fun game. Yeah. The only thing um, I can think of is. Uh, a game has a chance to get a little bit better. Is Civ Six kind of got a bad reception? Oh yeah, and they have a huge expansion coming out in February or March that's supposedly going to fix a lot of the problems. Now, is there like a is there like a theme to the expansion like they have in the past? Like, what are they adding with it? Uh, they're just restructuring a lot of the resources and adding in other types. Um, oh, so, okay. like, I don't know if you remember the first expansion for Civ Five. It's like the Brave New World. Yeah, I remember that. And they added religion systems, so they're restructuring a lot of the culture and uh, special perks that cities get. Um, so you'll, it's it's a pretty in depth rehaul of all the civs, um, and they've kind of been giving out a little bit of information as it goes on. So it'll be interesting to see if they'll be able to salvage, salvage it. I I actually kind of feel bad because I kind of forgot Civ Six even existed. Right. <laughs> but I re I've really really enjoyed Civ Five, especially after they got the expansions out. Um, if that expansion for Civ Six is any good, I might have to dive in and actually check out Civ Six. So it's a fun series for sure. Okay. Um. Another improved game. I don't know when the improvement happened. I'm pretty sure it was decently recent. Um, Starbound. Um, I know I talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, came out sort of recently with an update, and they finally, I think, officially released it, like 1.0 and all that, or uh, one point. I don't know. It's. I'm not entirely sure on everything, but I do know it came out with a ton of more content, like the content almost doubled um, in this game. So uh, I heard that like people that can go back and play it and have a completely different experience than they did than 
uh, the first time they played through it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah, so that I think that's going to wrap up the the most improved games here. Um, this this next one should be fun. Let's talk about some of our biggest disappointments of the year. Uh, we'll get we'll get the sad stuff out of the way before we get to the best stuff. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just kind of say up. I think one of the most disappointing things of this entire year. Uh, it's not specifically to a game or even a, a company, but it's a, a trend I saw. And for me, one of the most disappointing things is the way that a lot of companies have chosen to start monetizing their products in like in the form of completely random pay-to-win loot boxes. Um, I mean, definitely the biggest culprit here is definitely EA and the way they handle Star Wars Battlefront 2. That's, I mean, that's kind of a big deal that a lot of people have been talking about already. Uh, but I even saw this a little bit in the forms of like uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War, where it's not necessarily pay to win in a way, but it's like pay to skip the grinds where like they're going to, they decided to lock behind. Oh, they locked like the, the real ending of the game behind a grindy kind of boring section at the end game that you can pretty much skip by just buying a whole bunch of new orcs from the loot boxes and then just going to town. Uh, I think, cause I think people said that if you don't want to skip it, it's like a 30 hour grind, something like that. Like that's, that's kind of crazy that you would have to pay to skip like 30 hours of nonsense, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, so like, that's just a lot of trends I saw become a lot more common this year. And I'm afraid that if it wasn't for the backlash to Battlefront two, we might see continue next year. In fact, even with the, even with the backlash, it might still continue to happen in 2018. Uh, I definitely hope not. But I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the business where, you know, <laughs> these are businesses and they're trying to make money. It's all a matter of how, how much they decide to alienate their fan base and how, how many shortcuts they try to take to get to that point, you know? Uh, but no, I think, I think you could also say that just in general, EA has been kind of disappointing, disappointing in the, the releases all the way. Certain games have launched this year, but, uh, uh, for you, Noah, what in particular for you was the, the biggest disappointment that you had this year? Uh, mine was tied between the new Battlefront and Halo Wars 2, probably. Yeah, I, I can uh, see that. Halo, they both kind of turned into cash grabs a little bit. Because um, Halo Wars 2 sounded like it was going to be good, but then they introduced the similar loot system and then like a game mode that was dependent on the new loot system. And then they released a whole bunch of like small DLC packs, which is like, it's cool to see them add content after, but it's also not cool to see them lock it behind a paywall. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed on that one. I, I definitely had some issues with Halo Wars 2 when it first came out. Like, I really wanted to like that game. And honestly, it is a pretty solid game once you actually get into it. But like, that launch was so rough. Like, it. The game like barely even worked, and I remember when we tried to play it when it first came out, like it was just a flip of the coin to see if we could even get into a game without someone getting disconnected on our team or the other team. Like more than half the games, like some person would just disconnect immediately at the start, and then immediately you're like, oh well, one team has a huge disadvantage. You know, it's like this is yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, I think they eventually fixed that issue, but it definitely like soured my whole my experience of the game from the get go. And uh, on the other side, Star Wars, like. Could have been so much better. Yeah. 
they, yeah. they botched the, the 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 progression through multiplayer. They kind of botched the the single player too, in the sense that you know they they had a really interesting premise with this uh, this new canon character that was part of the empire at the time it fell, and they kind of just messed it up. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil Battlefront Two, but they kind of just like after the second mission, they basically have the character turn and become a rebel, and then for the rest of the game, you fight as a rebel in the same generic way that you think you would in any other Star Wars game. So they just throw this interesting concept out the window almost immediately. And then like the game play and the story itself are just not very exciting. It's very, very basic shooter kind of single player story. I mean, like if you, you've played any Call of Duty, you've probably played through Battlefront 2 already. It's like the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. I think I heard it was very short too, wasn't it? Uh, my total completion was about four hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. And it was like 10 missions. So very disappointing. It's like these companies have millions and millions and millions of dollars and they just kind of churn out the most basic of things. It's like it's it's a Star Wars game, you know, like there's so much lore that you can pull from, so much possibility within the universe and yet they don't utilize any of it. Um, but were there, uh, were there any other big disappointments you want to talk about? I mean, it's kind of hard to think back too far because I know a lot of people tend to forget about disappointing things after a while. Just Andromeda in general. Oh my God. <laughs> EA, why? You killed Mass what? Effect. I just, the fact that, um, I mean, there was a lot of disappointing things about it, but just the fact that, like, there is proof that there the main character used to look good, like used to look pretty and all this. And then they literally made her look ugly on purpose because people come, some feminist group complained that main characters are too pretty or something. And I just, I <laughs> like the main character and the animations in it is just so ugly. It's like, uh, it's almost unplayable if you actually want to pay attention to that. Like, if you're just in it for the gameplay and the shooting and stuff, then you're probably okay. I mean, there's still some hiccups and glitches, but you're the what we used to look into Mass Effect were like. I mean, obviously, the animations were never perfect because I've seen a lot of bad ones come out of uh, <laughs> Mass Effect two and three. They were still pretty but, jank. Uh, the, the the world was beautiful, and the other ones, and and this one, it was just like. Lacking, I don't know. I don't know. This one had so much potential because Mass Effect had such a big following, and like, if they just would have put a little more effort into this game, they probably could have made a lot more money on it. And I mean, if the game could have been amazing, just wasted potential. Right. Totally. Yeah, I feel like EA in general has just been dropping the ball a lot with like Battlefront 2, Mass Effect Andromeda. And now uh, I haven't played it, but I heard that they really messed up the new Need for Speed as well by like also incorporating very egregious and offensive loot boxes in that game. It's like even progress to the single player story, you need loot boxes even. In Need for Speed? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just pick one part of your car to upgrade it. Yeah, that's uh... a random part out of your car so like if you wanted to build a specific type of car like a drift car or drag car or something 
you had to wait. That's that's like the, guard, cool. the game decided what kind of car you built. I also wow. heard there was like a yeah, you said there was like a ten minute timer to go to the store to buy a new part and you had to like refresh the store every ten minutes just to buy a new part or something. Yeah, <laughs> How does that make it past testing stages, like for real? No, I like not even testing stages. How does that make it past the like concept stages? Like that's so stupid. Like people buy this. Ah, uh, EA. Is that that whole ecosystem is driven by like what they call the whales or whatever that spend like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on it? I mean. Yeah, but I feel like if you're going to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a, a game like Need for Speed, you should just go spend that money on, like, Gran Turismo or Forza instead. Yeah, well, <laughs> addiction has no... I guess. I guess. Um, yeah, so moving on from disappointments, let's go ahead and get to what we would say are or were our favorite games that we played through this year. Uh, this doesn't necessarily mean games that were released in 2017, but just the ones that we happen to play during 17. And uh, probably should have said this earlier in the show, but keep in mind that we haven't necessarily played all of the big new releases out there. Like, I'm sure you can go back and look at our some of the other categories, categories and be like, how is Persona 5 not mentioned in the best music or art style? And it's like, well, it's because no one played Persona 5 here. It wasn't on our radar or... Maybe we just weren't interested in it, or maybe we'll eventually get into it. It's just, it's just one of the things, you know, like, we don't have the manpower to check out everything. So uh, keep that in mind that if there's something specifically we didn't mention, it doesn't mean we don't like it. It just means that it kind of missed our radar for whatever reason. So, um, yeah. Uh, so getting into our list here, uh, Michael, you said you had five, right? Um, I have one, two, three... Yes, I have five. I cheated a little bit and I brought six. Uh, I'll, I'll keep one as an honorable mention. But uh, you can take one of on my slots. <laughs> I take one of Noah's slots. <laughs> how many? Uh, how many games did you want to mention for your list? I have four. Yes, four. Okay, so I guess it's all four. So we <laughs> we'll we'll do that. Um, since since I have six, I want to talk about. I'll go ahead and uh, go first. I suppose. Um, the one I sure. kind of want to just bring up as an honorable mention, real quick. I've already kind of talked about a little bit here. Uh, and that was What Remains of Edith Finch. It's actually my sixth game. Um, it might have been a little bit higher in different situations, but I kind of kept it a little bit lower because it is a really short game. It's only like an hour and a half to two hours long. Granted, it's pretty cheap. I think you only get you can get it for like ten or fifteen dollars still. But it's a it's a short game, but it's really sweet, really touching. There's a lot of emotions that can be brought from it. And uh, even though I first experienced it like half a year ago it's still kind of sticking with me now like near the end of the year it's definitely been on my mind from time to time whenever i just think about various various things so that was kind of like an honorable mention i had uh but my actual number five is resident evil 7 uh <laughs> for me even though like this is not really my kind of game the whole horror genre thing i had to give mad respect for it it made me interested in a series i had no interest in before it is without a doubt the best use of VR to date. <laughs> I don't think you can really argue that it's the best VR game so far. Uh, and the way they just kind of like incorporate all sorts of classic horror themed uh, stories like the, like the Texas Chainsaw family, like stuff like that. 
and incorporate it all into a game that still has good use, good uses of action, good uses of crafting, really atmospheric, uh, really atmospheric music, really atmospheric art style. Like it's all just really well done from the series that you can almost say was a bit of an underdog. Like no one really expected Resident Evil Seven to be as good as it is. Like it, it there really is no reason for it to be as good as it is, but it actually is. And I think going forward resident evil has like it's it's back it's back to its glory days that there was on the playstation one and i think if they eventually get around to a resident evil 8 it's gonna have to be something that everybody pays attention to because it's definitely going to be the top of its game when it comes to the horror genre um yeah michael tell talk to us about your number five game um for five i think I was going to put um, Battle Chasers. Ooh. Um, I, I I thought that was a really good game. Um, really interesting, uh, new IP ish. It, it it's not necessarily. It's definitely new. It's not. It, it's only only type in this in the category. But um, I don't know. Without everything in it, it's just a great game all all around and. Uh, with decent difficulty and a little bit of grind and decent length and pretty good story. If you actually read through it, you can skip through it if you want. Um, I don't know. Good game. It definitely, uh, I, that I felt like it should be in the top five, but I didn't think it was anywhere above the five spot. Fair enough. But how, uh, how much of uh, the praise you sing for that game? I'm definitely going to have to check it out sometime. I feel like it's, it kind of just went under my radar completely, but Every time I look at a video or image of it, I'm like, man, that looks really cool. I think I'd like it a yeah. lot. Um, so kind of just to keep the numbers even, I'll kind of go back and start at my number four, and then we'll we'll each take a turn talking at number four and going up. Um, so my number four, again, this is another game I talked about a little bit earlier when we were talking about the stories. Um, I don't want to go into it too in-depth to spoil it, but I found that my number four game had to have been Prey. It... it really surprised me how much I enjoyed this game. And uh, obviously the story blew me away. Uh, but even the gameplay itself was really interesting. Like, I mean, the shooting mechanics, they're, they're not great, but they're pretty good. They're respectful. You know, they're not, they're, they're, like, they're at least on par of other games nowadays. And uh, there's even like really cool uses of the enemies. Like uh, there are the like, little small enemies that could actually like transform into everyday objects. So as you're just walking through an environment, even though you, it may have been a room you've already walked through previously. There could be a new enemy in there disguised as like a lamp or a coffee mug. And as soon as you walk by that table, it like jumps out at you and will attack you. And it brings to like a whole new dynamic where everything could potentially be an enemy. You always on edge. Um, and even like the way some of the new weapons, like, uh, remember the, uh, the glue, the, was it like the glue gun or the, the bubble gun or whatever, the one that like you could shoot in the wall and create steps for yourself. Yeah. Uh, this just, just the way that it was implemented and like all the sorts of different uses you could use that gun for were super cool and it made combat so much more dynamic than than I thought it was going to be at first when I saw it. Um, really great game. Like it definitely has some creepy moments, uh, very intense, like as I said, because of the enemies. But uh, overall, like if you're into sci-fi games, it it really is just like a a gem in the rough. Like it, it, it really surprised me how much I really enjoyed prey. I may have to go back and replay it again, just how much I enjoyed it. Um, 
But enough of that. That's enough of Prey. Again, I can't really go too in-depth about why I really love it without spoiling it, so I won't I won't be doing that today. Uh, <laughs> but Michael, talk to us about your number four pick. Um, I feel like this is probably going to happen multiple times, probably for the rest of the games. Um, but my number four was Resident Evil. So Nice. Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Oh. And I think you've said enough about it. It's a great <laughs> game. So... Definitely a good one in the series. I am never going to play it in VR because I, one, don't have VR, and two, <laughs> too scary. Be too scared. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good game. Good game. Uh, yeah. So, like, since we've already talked about it, um, Noah, what is your number four game? Um, mine is Ecology World War Two, mm-hmm. specifically because of the zombies. <laughs> yeah, it was a good zombies. Uh, I love me zombies. And their first expansions coming out in January, but for PlayStation, so off the wait. Ah, uh, bummer. Um, <laughs> are they doing the the map pack thing from the past, where it's zombie maps and multiplayer yeah. maps, or are they separating it? You get, you get the one zombie and then the three or four multiplayer maps. That's that's a bit Probably of a bummer. New guns. And, yeah, but they don't lock the DLC weapons behind the loot system, so <laughs> not yet. At least I, don't believe they will. <laughs> uh, um, but other than that, I mean, the the multiplayer gets a solid mention too because it's kind of going back to their roots a little bit. As far as Call of Duty multiplayer goes, I feel like it's some one of the better ones that we've gotten so far. Yeah, just uh, clean up your net code and maybe redo <laughs> your engine. Did you uh did you get through the single player story of that at all? Yeah, uh, it's I'd... glitched for me to where it crashes every time I get to a certain point. Ah, I beat it. So it was pretty I don't good. Know if you remember the sniper mission, it's like the third one in. Yeah, I'm at a point where after you uh, watch your friends down on the ground story and you like fall down the tower. Yeah, it crashes. So that's that sucks. It's on console, so you can't really fix it. I mean, I could probably uninstall it and reinstall it again. Maybe. But I don't really want to do that. It's like a 60 gigabyte game. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Games are too big nowadays. Yeah, yeah I have to. I... Yeah. Go ahead. But I was just solidifying it as four because of zombies. I mean, that's a perfectly good reason right there. Zombies is still really fun. Even in, even in Infinite Warfare, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, I I actually did. I finished the uh, the uh, easier um, main point to the zombies or like the mission ish thing. I don't know how to say it, but the, the quest the well known very easy to find Easter egg. <laughs> well, it's not it's not easy to do. It's a little bit hard, but uh, it points you in all the good direct in all the directions. There's actually like a more secret ending that's harder to do that not many people know about. I mean, if you I mean, if you look it up on YouTube, you'll know about it. But I mean, if people don't just look it up, then you won't know about it. So that's good to hear. Um, yeah, but there's actually things to do in the zombies, and the map is pretty well rounded. So excellent. Uh, all right, so we're gonna move on from there. We'll talk about our number threes. Um, I don't have a whole lot to add on to my number three. Uh, we've already kind of gone in depth about it earlier. Uh, but my number three was actually PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Um, 
Logan said, it's probably the the definitive battle royale game available right now. Um, it did just receive some big updates, and it's definitely improved the quality of that game overall by quite a bit. Yeah, compared to what it was earlier this year. Uh, but for me, you know, like it, it's definitely been really nice to see this battle royale genre that I first was introduced to like two or three years ago with Herma to really start kind of making mainstream. It's like it's getting mainstream attention, and this is definitely like the best example of the the battle royale genre. Like this is the best version of it. Uh, and it's just kind of been like a phenomenon. You can like go up to almost anybody, and even if it's not exactly player on those battlegrounds, you can talk to them about battle royale in general, whether it's Fortnite or PUBG. They know what you're talking about. They can relate to it. You can tell stories about it. Like it's definitely a really good like water cooler kind of game where you can just kind of talk about some experiences or rounds that you've had. Uh, so it's definitely really cool to see that. And uh, probably the game this year alone that has the most hours spent on it. I think I it's been a while since I checked it, but I might be nearing close to a hundred hours on it for, from Steam. <laughs> it's been a lot of time on it. Um, but uh. Yeah, that that's that's number three. It's PUBG and uh, Michael. Go ahead and talk to us about your number three. Um, my number three is Prey, um, for most of the same reasons you had it on there. Uh, great game, great story, and um, gameplay mechanics were really good, and a lot of original takes in this game. So. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, Noah, number three. My number three was Fortnite. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, that one is a bit of a misdirection because mine is the anticipation for the free-to-play portion of the building. <laughs> yeah, you're not even like talking about the Battle Royale mode. You're talking about the Save the World portion of it, correct? Yes, because the building a base and horde survivals pretty pretty awesome aspect of the game which i'm looking forward to and think it's probably i don't know i wouldn't say it's a new idea but i feel like it's a pretty well execution of the idea i'm not gonna lie that's like low-key one of the things i'm looking forward to trying out most this upcoming year is uh the see the world portion of fortnite I, I i feel like i'm gonna really enjoy it once i finally do get a chance to play it i just need to be patient and get to that point <laughs> soon hopefully soon you hear that epic let's make it happen <laughs> uh all right so let's uh circle back around and uh i'll talk about my number two now um this is probably something that wasn't very high on my list for a while and it took a while for me to really come to appreciate it for what it was and really start to enjoy it uh but my number two pick is actually horizon zero dawn um I had a hard time getting into it at first because the combat felt a little off, and uh, I was just like, I, 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 could, I didn't quite understand how to really play the game. Like maybe I was playing it wrong or something. But eventually, I finally got the hang of it, and like everything started to click. The story really started to engage me. The world is beautiful. The quests are not the most impressive, but like some of the side quests can be really good and enjoyable. Uh, the enemy design just fantastic. Even though they're all like based off of dinosaurs and stuff, like they're not original in that sense. But just the way they utilize the mechanical aspects of it and the, how they interact with the environments, all really, really good. There's, the attention to detail in that game is like second to none, and 
if you are someone that owns a PlayStation or thinking of getting one, that is definitely a must-own title right there for anybody. Uh, even the DLC that just came out was pretty good too. It doesn't tie in directly to the story, but there are definitely uh, parts of the DLC where you will get a little bit more information about certain aspects of the ending. Uh, a little bit more clarification on certain things. Uh, so for that, you know, like it's definitely another piece of DLC that's worth getting in addition to the main game as well. Uh, but like other than I don't really have a whole lot to add on to Horizon Zero Dawn. I, <laughs> it's been talked to death by many other people besides us. Um, so I'll go ahead and leave it at that. And we can go on to Michael. What is What was your number two this year? Uh, my number two is Neo. Um, I just... I love Souls games, and this this new IP was just great all around. Um, great fighting system, great loot system, and amazing bosses and normal minions to play to fight against. And even the uh, multiplayer combat system was decently well done. And the maps were amazing. Um, very good map design, like taking mm-hmm. a book from uh, Dark Souls from right there and. Uh, the art in this game, the music, the story is not all the way there because a little hard to understand, but still um, great game all around. So. I'm really sad I never got around to finishing that game. <laughs> I was enjoying it a I, lot. I just, I don't know, like I, I, I pulled a U and I was just like, oh, there's other games coming out. And I kind of lost interest because new stuff was coming out at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. Uh, especially if you like Souls likes, that's probably like the best non Souls like we've ever had. Well, non Souls like non from software Souls like we've ever had. So, um, Noah, what was your number two? My number two was Cuphead. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of it felt right. Uh, it was probably probably one of the best looking and most fluid games I've ever seen. And like, if you had to look at it and see it on the TV, you'd probably think it was a cartoon from that era. Easily. Trying to get it back. Like, I don't know if you saw the video where they played it on an old CRT TV, <laughs> but it just like yeah. it was meant to be. Um, the it is probably just like a better all around package, even though it took a little bit longer to deliver on it i think it was worth the wait and it turned out to be something real unique and we probably won't see another game like it for a few more years it's just like one of those gems that comes Definitely. out and you just you just have to love it because it's it's done with a lot of heart and soul i'm glad one of us at least put it on our list i, I couldn't quite justify it because i haven't actually played it yet but i'm really glad that someone Showed so much love and care for that game because it, it really does deserve it. Um, I was glad, glad to put it on there. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and circle back around one last time and we can talk about our number ones. Um, so my number one, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised I haven't talked about it more in this episode, uh, but it really did just kind of blow me away and exceeded all of the expectations I had for it, even though they were already really high. Uh, but my number one game and <laughs> was a game I went and bought an entirely new console to play, and it was worth it for for the period of time where it was it was the only game I had for that console, and that was 
The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for me. Um, I know there's a lot of issues that the game has. It's a very a lot of issues people publicly bring up. Uh, but for me personally, one thing that really resonated in this game for me was the fact that it just provides you with an uncontested amount of freedom. I've never felt an open world let me do so many things without any restrictions except trying to climb a mountain during the rain that that but that's a whole different story for another day <laughs> um you know there's like the freedom of movement you know the climbing and the gliding uh all the way you can like ma- manipulate water you know you can use ice cubes to get across water you can swim you can put on the zora stuff and just climb up waterfalls like there's so much you can do with the environment to like interact with it navigate around it navigate through it all sorts of these things that just make it the most enjoyable open world to actually go through and be a part of uh not to mention you know like as far as like the characters you know they're not they're not super in-depth characters but you definitely feel like you grow an attachment with them through the hours you spend in the game um and then uh, yeah the dungeons themselves they're not super complicated they're actually all pretty simplistic but i still had a really fun time running around trying to find all the shrines and then go through and solve the puzzles. There were never really any that betrayed what I thought the game was like what the game was trying to convey. Like they all felt like they definitely fit and fit really well into the mechanics of the game. Um, I don't, I don't know what else I can, I can really say about it, but like the game just was like, there's so much attention to the physics and I'm just kind of rambling now, but I just want to say that Breath of the Wild was one of the best games I have played this year for sure. and might be one of the best games I've played of all time. I know a lot of people have a lot of issues with the game and criticize it for being as good as it is because people are like, oh, it's it's a Zelda game. People are naturally inclined to say it's good because it's Zelda. And I'll tell you, what, I'm not the biggest fan of Zelda. Like, I mean, I like, I like previous games, but I'm never like a huge Zelda fan. This game just made me... A huge Zelda fan, based on what it was on its own. No, no previous attachments. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'll rest my case there. That was my number one. Michael, what was your number one? Uh, my number one was Horizon Zero Dawn. I absolutely love the game. I love the mechanics. I love the story. I love the art style. Just everything about it. I. I don't know. It was one of my most anticipated games of the year, and it lived up to that, and it never, it never really died down. I beat the game, which is saying a lot when <laughs> with my recent history of not beating games. But I beat that game, and am totally willing to play through it again and the DLC. Um, Get that DLC, definitely. Yeah, definitely one of the best games in 2017. Excellent. Noah, tell us your number one. My number one was PUBG. All right. I have over 100 hours in it already. And uh, I have 160. (laughs) It was probably the cleanest run through of an early access I've seen. As far as, yeah. As far as keeping communication up with the player base adding features regularly and releasing the right content at the right time. Uh, I know there was a little shake up there where they tried to introduce some loot boxes in there for a little bit, but they they uh, heard the outcry and corrected it pretty quickly. 
Yeah. Um, but overall, it's probably, I mean, it's the number one game right now, I think, everywhere. Um, but the gameplay is smooth. It's, you know, super fun to play. It's enough diversity to keep you going, obviously, enough to get 100 hours in, 100 plus hours in. Easily. Uh, but I'm, I'm just as excited as it when it came out as I am for the next update for it and what's to come. Because we kind of, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, we we're like, hey, did you hear about that one game, Pub Player Unknown? And we're like, yeah, it's kind of weird. And we all picked it up like within a week of it coming out. And then it just took off. Yeah, it really was just like a wildfire that just kind of swept across Steam. Just blew away everybody's expectations at the time. It's like, oh, hey, we're up above 3 million concurrent players right now. <laughs> like, that that even beats, like, Dota 2's all-time record, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's crazy, and Dota and 2 is free. I think both PUBG and their developmental server were, like, number one and two for a long period of time. <laughs> on the top 10 speed list. It's so crazy. But yeah, I I wouldn't be able to make a list without having this top it because it's just it's been a pretty awesome ride all the way through its development cycle. Very influential on on so many aspects of uh, yeah. development nowadays. <laughs> I feel for sure. All right, but I think that's uh, that's going to be all of our, uh, our top our top lists here for 2017. And as we go into 2018, there's definitely a lot more to look forward to, and a lot of a lot of catching up to do on other games. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna be spending like most of this year just catching up on all the stuff I missed from last year. <laughs> um, so hopefully, hopefully, I don't miss any other good stuff uh, by by doing that. But um, before we before we close out the show, did, uh, did anyone else have anything else they want to add? Like any any other last last words and last minute comments you want to make? Uh, not that I can think of. Not really. All right. Well, before we close off the show, I do want to just uh, thank everybody for tuning in and listening. And I do want to give a special shout out to two of our patrons that help support us every month on Patreon. Thank you so much to Cedric and Allie for supporting us over there. Uh, and if you want to follow us on social media, you can find the Mouse and Joystick podcast on Twitter at MJ underscore podcast. Or if you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us at Mouse and Joystick Podcast. Or if you just want to send us an email for a uh, for potential shout out or any sort of comments you want to make, you can email us at mouseandjoystick at gmail.com. And I think with that, we're going to sign off and close off this, this year. Uh, 2017 has been quite a ride, and I'm hoping that 2018 is as good, if not even better. Uh, so thank you so much, everybody. Peace and have a good day. Adios. Bye. Wake me.